Hello and welcome to the Green Circle, a podcast series brought to you by Nigeria Electricity Hub. I am your host, Uchiro Naud. Every week, we bring your analysis on topical issues around renewable energy. Renewable energy has been identified as a solution to Nigeria's widening electricity deficits. But despite recent gains, access to finance remains a barrier to accelerating growth in the sector. Funding for developers is still limited to grants and funds from international development organizations and investors. Sterling Bank is hoping to change this narrative through its approach to renewable energy development. Presently, the bank has invested over $1 million and is looking to invest another $5 million over the next two years. This finance would mainly power industrial activities and the bank has adopted a three-way approach to solving the long-term financing challenge in the sector. Here to discuss Sterling Bank's approach to solving the long-term financing challenge in the sector is Dele Fasimo, the head of Energy Sterling Bank. Welcome to the show, Dele. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure to be here. Um, Dele, you don't see too many commercial banks interested in renewable energy. So why is Sterling Bank particularly passionate about developing Nigeria's renewable energy sector? Thank you once again for that question. Um, to start with, Sterling Bank is an institution that is committed to making maximum impact in our society. We do not only want to remain in the business of banking, which is traditionally committed to sourcing funds and intermediation services. We believe that for our business to be sustainable, for us to be more around into the future, we have to make impact in the areas that most affect people's lives and our society. And if you look at the demand for energy globally, um, growing at some somewhere between 2 and 3% on an annual growth rate basis, you marry that with the population growth, with the level of incomes rising globally. And indeed, if you look at the energy shortage in Nigeria, which the country has grappled with for a very long time, um, it's as low as 30% in the rural area. At the best of times, or in best of geographies, maybe 55% in terms of access. And you also look at the impact on the environment and the depletion of you know, non-renewable sources. It only makes sense for a forward-looking uh, institution that is committed to impact to play in this in this space. And I should also let you know that our involvement in renewable energy is not accidental. It is a conscious strategic effort within our hard sector intervention. Hard sector standing for health, education, agri, renewable energy, and transport. And these five sectors are key to areas where we think that we can touch people's lives on a, on a daily basis. So in a nutshell, this is um, the way to summarize why we are committed to supporting this sector. That's very concise. Um, I wanted to know, what are some of the renewable energy projects your bank has financed in the sector? Thank you very much for that question. Um, it varies from sector to sector. So, for example, we currently have a list of over 100 technical partners that we work with uh, because our intervention is not something we intend to do alone. We believe that we need to create an ecosystem that supports the strategy into the long, uh, into the long term. 
So we have a number of technical partners. We have a number of vendors, vendors of uh, solar home systems that we support. We've also financed uh, some off-grid um, installations, supporting the rural electrification agencies, energizing economies initiative, covering you know somewhere between five and ten thousand markets uh, in in Lagos State, in Ondo State, and various other locations across the country. Uh, we even go to the extent of exploring possibility of making proprietary investments through our non-interest banking arm, which is uh, legally uh, licensed to take such positions. This is uh, how much committed we are in terms of you know, our intervention and support for the sector. So in, in absolute terms, I probably would not be able to tell you specific numbers of the number of transactions, but we've, we've intervened across you know, installations in homes, in um, residential estates, in markets, locations and so on and so forth. That's interesting. Um, Sterling is taking a three-way approach to solving the financial challenge in the sector. Basically, you're financing, trading, and you're creating partnerships. Can you explain more on what each of these entail? Thank you for that again. Um, I believe I touched on the partnership led of things earlier when I was talking about the projects and uh, our approach. So basically what that does is it enables us to work with various stakeholders from regulators to government agencies to developers to vendors to multilateral agencies who have interest in, in moving the energy curve. Uh, within the country and globally. So we, we essentially uh, rest our pillar or our strategy on the pillar of partnership because for us to make sustainable and maximum impact, we do not believe we should go the journey alone. So therefore, we operate an open access, open source sort of strategy. We are open to working with everybody who shares the same view and vision with us for the renewable energy space. In terms of financing, we do not only help developers and other people source financing, we also commit our own balance sheet as a bank, you know, in, in providing affordable financing. We do appreciate the fact that the cost of financing is not where it should be yet. But again, if you look at the state, the data available, for example, for manufacturing businesses, um, cost of financing is not necessarily the biggest problem. Energy is probably even more of a nagging problem than the cost of financing. So we think that if we're able to help businesses also solve their energy problem, we would actually be directly contributing to the GDP of the country, you know, which in, in turn can actually help release more cash flows into the economy. And the more cash flows you release into the economy, the lower the cost of financing can potentially be. Uh, lastly, in terms of our trading as a pillar of our strategy, we are creating an online a digital asset, um, which is more or less like a marketplace for people to come, you know, bridging the gap between the supply and the demand end and providing all the necessary support there for people to actually um, solve the trust problem and at the same time solve the financing problem in a marketplace arrangement. Those are the three areas or three approaches through which we are intervening in this sector. Okay, so if I get you correctly, the trading approach, it's basically an investment platform where developers can meet other investors and get to source for funds besides getting it from Sterling Bank directly. Uh, not, exa not exactly that way. It's not only limited to being an investment platform that ultimately would be leveled on top of it. But it's a market where those who require renewable energy services and products will meet those who provide those services and those who offer those products. We're going to take a quick break. <laughs> 
And when we come back, Dele is going to be discussing Sterling Bank's financing challenges in the renewable energy sector. This podcast is sponsored by Sterling Bank. Sterling Bank is committed to being at the heart of Nigeria's accelerated development by focusing on health, education, agriculture, renewable energy, and transport sectors of Nigeria. Sterling has invested over $1 million and would be investing another $5 million in the next 24 months to ensure delivery of solar-generated power to factories. Welcome back. Given that Sterling Bank has done a lot in the sector in terms of finance and number of projects, what would you say has been your bank's biggest challenge to financing projects across the country? Um, thank you. I, I'll approach that from two uh, perspectives. Uh, I'll speak about project finance generally and then renewable energy projects as a subset of that. Um, from my experience and from the experience that we've seen, there are a number of challenges, you know, uh, when you want to finance a project, particularly in our environment. Our project finance requires thorough and detailed documentation from project conceptualization to putting, you know, the regulations regulatory approvals required to building your financial model to working with all the you know the minutest details of parties that you would ever be required to work with so it's an extensive very thorough painstaking sort of documentation um, in our environment, that's a capacity that I would say we are building. We're not there yet. Uh, so for me, that is a major, major limiting factor because, again, you are probably lending to projects where your, your security as a lender is strictly the cash flows that the project will generate. There is no collateral outside of that project. So therefore, every, every T has to be crossed. Every I must be dotted. We do not have a general sense of the need for that. A lot of businesses or promoters of businesses, when you do ask questions in that area, um, they tend to sometimes become defensive and probably think you do not want to support them. You, you would naturally expect that financing would be a challenge, yet to some extent it is, uh, because depending on the nature of project, depending on the sector in which the project is being sponsored, you sometimes require financing being made available for, you know, between seven and a half, ten years. In some cases, you could actually require financing depending on the social implication of that project that should stretch all the way to 15 years. Uh, you, you would agree with me that that type of financing is not yet readily available in our market. It's being built. There are intervention programs that are coming. There are, you know, development finance institutions that are leveraging and providing. But that also is a limiting factor. And that indeed is related to the cost of such financing. Um, in terms of renewable energy project, um, the level of trust, because you would you would uh, appreciate the fact that different parties, state governments, individual businesses have made attempts in renewable energy in the past. You know, you probably will notice, for example, on, on, on some streets in across the country where state governments have tried to implement street lighting facilities, for example. Uh, the financing model was not the optimum. But then again, um, some of the products that were available in the markets at that time were not the best in terms of quality, uh, in terms of the warranties available and so on and so forth. So we need to first deal with the level of trust to ensure that people trust the products that are being brought into the market today because there's a lot of uh, investment going into research and development globally, which is improving the lifespan of those products. We're educating the market. We're letting people know that product quality has improved significantly. Battery life 
for example, our PV panel life, uh, significant investments are being made by manufacturers globally, and the cost of those products are also coming down, which takes me to the, sec- the other challenge is sometimes the prohibitive cost at which those products are made available locally. The global prices are coming down. However, we do know that with currency adjustment in our own economy, we're not yet able to get the full benefit of that uh, price adjustment in the global market. However, that is something that I, in my view, will will be short-lived and eventually our products will be made more affordable for people, particularly when institutions like Sterling are providing uh, the required financing support for people. Okay, that's understandable. Sterling Bank has committed $5 million to provide factories with solar power over the next couple of years. What are the expected outcomes of this project? Um, thank you very much. Uh, I'm not sure the source of the data you've got in terms of uh, size of uh, financing intervention, but um, whatever the number is, the expected outcome is first and foremost to ensure that there is increased access to affordable and clean energy for all. You know, that is the overriding objective. And indeed, in, in, in so doing, we would be impacting the society or the, the environment in terms of sustainability and our commitment to green. So that is the overall strategic outcome. And indeed, if anybody, any lender is willing to key into this, it will also serve as a source of diversification for portfolio commitments and, of course, for sustainable revenue base as we move into the future. So renewable energy is no longer what people do as corporate social responsibility, uh, but it is now a veritable source of revenue for lenders and for everyone who is interested in uh, in filling the energy gap globally and in Nigeria. Thank you, Dele, for being on the show today. And with Sterling Bank's determination and approach, we hope it's essential in the development of a sustainable renewable energy market in Nigeria. Thank you again. For- it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All previous episodes of The Green Circle can be accessed via NEH Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Have a nice one.